pastor's here, do the youth ministry. So all my youth are here. Woohoo! Oh, man. I'm usually more excited than that. So I'm uh, preaching from James chapter 1 this morning, uh, verses 19 through 27. And so we normally have somebody come and read. And so, uh, Brian, do you, you like to read out loud, right? Would you like, Pastor Brian, would you like to come and read out loud? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, I didn't ask somebody this week, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it. But be prepared. Pastor Brian will probably ask somebody to read next week. So let's go ahead and read it, and uh, then we will go through it. All right? Sound good? All right. I'm going to pray before I read it. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are here with us, that you love when your people gather together in one place for one reason. And so we thank you, Lord, as we go through this book of James talking about uh, believers and what they are to do and how they are to behave and who they are, Lord. I pray that you would open up our eyes and open up our ears to understand your scriptures this morning. You would just give us a grace to understand, Lord. Give us a mercy, Lord, where we've messed up, Lord. We thank you, God, that you forgive us and you're patient with us and you're kind to us. We thank you for your great love for us. And so we thank you, Lord, that you're here with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. Already? Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be All be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are only fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God The Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Yeah, as Cheryl said, the book of James can be very, very convicting, can be very uh, easy to understand in in some ways, very straightforward, but very hard to obey. It's one of the, I think, the easiest books to understand and know how to apply it to your life, but the difficult part is actually doing that, actually applying it to your life. And so my question that I have this morning for us, and you've probably asked yourself this, and James forces us to ask this question is this, how are we to live as Christ in our world today? How are we to live as Christ in our world today? And so when we read the Bible, it's from a different time, isn't it? It's from a, feels like a different world, an ancient world, that during this time in James, I want to give a little bit of a context here of, of what James was probably getting at in some ways in what he was addressing in this time. Now, this was around 60 AD when he wrote this. And so he was writing to scattered believers who were all over the place, all over Israel and everywhere. And this letter would have been circulated where they would have heard this same message in, in unifying. 
And so they were scattered, but James' this letter was trying to unify them in this question of how are we to act? How are we to live as Christ has taught us to live? And now in 60 AD, that was about 30 years after Jesus had died, resurrected, and ascended into heaven, and the Holy Spirit would have came to, come down. So 30 years later, okay, they're asking this question, how are we to live as Christ taught us how to live in our world today? In 30 years, the world can shift a lot, can it? And so here we are, 2,000 years later, asking this question, how are we to live as Christ in our world today? How are we to do this today? And so this is the model for kingdom living. You ready for it? The model for kingdom living, how to live like Christ. We listen and we do. Repeat over and over. Listen to the words and the teachings of Jesus and do them. Listen, do. Listen, obey. All right? This is also somewhat of the model of the world that we live in, isn't it? Where people will tell you something, you listen to it, and you do that. <laughs> so we got to be understanding of what we're listening to and what we're obeying. Because the world tries to do this in the same way. Hey, listen to this. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> and that's the same tactics that the world uses. But the kingdom living of doing this is so much more fruitful, so much more of what God wants us to do. And so let's listen to what he has to say and do it. Now, during this time in 60 AD, there was this communication going around, this thought going around, around about these Jewish revolutionaries who thought, you know what we should do? What? What's that? Let's gather together and let's kick the Romans' butts. Let's go and destroy them and push them out. Am I allowed to say butts? Sorry. Let's push them out of this land because this is God's land. Now, these Jewish revolutionaries were correct in that. This is God's land. But the way that they went about in doing this at this time is that they gathered together to Fight with real swords and weapons. Now, does this sound like the teachings that Jesus gave them 30 years ago? Loving your enemy, being humble, being a peacemaker, for the peacemakers will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so they, these Jewish revolutionaries got together, and you know what they did is they formed this, this revolution to, to kick the Romans out of the temple, and they did. They actually succeeded, and there was this great revolt in the year 66 AD that, that the, these Jewish revolutionaries did this, and they, they got the Roman soldiers out, and they killed many Roman soldiers, and even Jewish priests that were siding with the Roman soldiers at the time, and they succeeded. Oh, look at it. We got the Temple Mount back in Jerusalem. We succeeded. All right. And now the Roman soldiers in the Roman Empire, do you think they really enjoyed that? That they actually, these Jewish people, these small little people, destroyed their army? No. So what the Romans did is they said, all right, you know what? That is not what's going to happen. You guys are not going to do that. So what they did is they got a bigger army and squashed those Jewish revolutionaries. And in AD 70, the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed. And so what these Jewish revolutionaries thought they were listening and doing and getting people together to fight, what ended up happening is something a lot worse. The Romans took their temple. The Romans were fine with the Jewish people using the temple under their authority. These Jewish revolutionaries wanted to use it not under the Roman authority, but then the Romans came back and squashed them and squashed the temple. And so what they thought they were going to do actually ended up being something even worse, and it led, led to something Worse, And so Jesus have been, has been teaching these Jewish people in this same context of this Roman authority, hey, listen, when he addressed them 
and the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he opened up and said, blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are the poor, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Okay, so the Jewish revolutionaries wanted to take forth force for themselves and do it their own way, and it ended up being a really bad way. And Jesus is saying, hey, there's a better way that I want you to take. There's a better, and it might feel a little more slow in this approach, but it's an eternal way that I have for you. And so what James does is he takes the teachings of Jesus from mainly the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He takes them, he internalizes them, he knows them, and then he gives them to the people in his time, and he gives them to them in hopes that they will take it for themselves and actually listen and obey it. Because James saw this talk going around about this revolution that wanted to be started. And he was probably saying, hey, let's not do this. Now, James ended up dying probably, he died before this happened, probably in 62, 64 AD. James would have, would have been killed. So, it, so it, that, that was, happened before this revolution actually happened. James would, wouldn't have been there. But James was hearing it in the air and this, this, this stirring that was happening among his people. And he wanted to, them to, be, to listen. Hey, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I know you're feeling angry because there's people that are oppressing you, Jewish people, but slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. You might have some righteous thinking that you desire, right living. This is what I desire. This is what should happen. I think this should happen. God's like, ooh, hold on, slow down there. Okay, you're getting a little angry at this, aren't you? Yeah, but this is the way I think this needs to be done. God's like, well, that's not the way that I think it needs to be done. Well, I think it needs to be done. <laughs> so then you get this big old battle between you and God, and good luck with that, okay? So if you want to just be meek and humble, you will inherit the earth. If you want to be a peacemaker, blessed are those who are peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Is that what you want? Jesus' teaching is offering you that. He's offering you the kingdom of heaven to inherit the earth and to be a child of God. Does that sound like something you want? If it is, then you have to humble yourself and under his authority and under his way. And so how do we live as Christ does? How do we live today as Christ lives? Back when the, the church first started in the first century, Christianity was called, what was it called? Does anybody know what it was called? They referred it to as the, the way. Yes, all right, got a bunch of Bible scholars in here. The, the way, that's an action verb, isn't it? The way, how, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to do it this way. Okay, as Christ lived, how do we do it this way? Well, what is this way? Jesus' way. Okay, I want to jump into that stream, that road. I want to put myself into that way. Now, if you do that, be prepared to do that and not just try that. I'm going to try this for a minute, and I'm going to go under this way for a minute, but if I don't like it, if something feels uncomfortable, if I start reading the book of James and he's telling me to do a different way, I'm going to get out. No, once you're in, you're in. It's kind of like when you go to Itchtuckney River, right? <laughs> and you go there, and you're like, this is really cold water, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump in it because I want to go that way to the end and get out of the cold water as fast as I can. 
Now, if you sit there on the dock for too long and you stare at the water that's like 50 degrees, like 75 degrees, and you're like looking at it for too long, it's going to take you a long time. So what you do is you slowly walk past. Don't go too fast because the ramp is always algae and slippery. But you tiptoe and then jump in, boom, and go. Right? That's how you do it. So that's the same way with Jesus is that you're going to jump in. It's going to be cold. Okay? It's going to be a little uncomfortable at first. But then once you get in, hey, it's in. And you're refreshing. You'll get out and you'll feel refreshed. All right. So this chapter, James 119 through 27, is split up into two, two kind of spots that I split it up into. Uh, verses, one, uh, verses 19 through 27, 21 excuse me, is this. Listen. All right, so he's going to just really get that. Listen to this. Listen. And then 22 through 27 is the, the doing of it. Do this. Do this. So he's going to give you some real practical things. So listen to this. Listen. Verse 19, he starts that way. Listen. Understand this. When the Bible tells you to understand something, you really, really you're going to, I'm not going to use the word try, okay, but you're going you're gonna to do that. You're going to understand. I'm going to resolve to understand what the Bible is telling me because it told me to understand this. In Deuteronomy 6, when Moses was giving instructions to the people, to this young generation of, 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 of Jewish people coming through the desert, he's saying, he said in Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, listen, O Israel, hear. And when they would have heard that from Moses, hear this, listen, their ears would have been perked up. Okay, that is a command. That's not just, hey, listen, think about this. Think about, listen to this. No, it was a listen, and with that came obedience. If you didn't want to obey it, close your ears. If you don't want to obey God's word, don't listen to it. Don't just put yourself, oh, man, I really, really want to try harder to do this. Oh, I'm gonna try. Just don't even try. If you're not going to actually do what the book of James and the whole Bible is telling you to do, just put it away and do your own thing. You'll probably be a lot happier than actually, try, than actually just trying, you know what I mean? But if you actually put yourself in the word of God and submit to it, hey, you guys threw my, my, my there it is, okay? I, I had the Star Wars reference because Pastor Brian likes a Star Wars reference, so this is the Star Wars reference I threw in there. Do or do not, there is no try. This is what James 1.22 is telling us. Do or do not. Don't try really hard at it. Do this. Do it. Okay? So listen. The Shema in Deuteronomy 6. Listen, O Israel. Do this. Uh, you can go to that. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God of your ancestors promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And so this verse here, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So one, another thing that James does is he takes from the teachings of Jesus in Sermon on the Mount mainly, Matthew, and he also takes a lot from Proverbs. And so I look at these Proverbs. I have a list of Proverbs here that sounds a lot like what James is getting at here. He says this in Proverbs uh, 14, 29. People with understanding control your anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Proverbs 15, 18 says, a hot-tempered person starts fights, 
a cool-tempered person stops them. And then Proverbs 16.32 says, better to be patient than powerful, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. And so James reflects on the teachings of Jesus, the Proverbs, takes them all together, and tries to answer this question for the people. How are you to live as Christ in your world today, people? And so we're taking it now. We have the book of James. So we can take the book of James, Proverbs, the teachings of Jesus. We can take them all, internalize them, read them, take them in for correction, take them in for encouragement, take them in for hope, and live that way. Isn't that something that you desire? Let me say that again. That is something you desire. I'll just tell you that right now. You were created for that purpose, for God, and for the way of God. And so here is what Jesus has offered us, the way. Take it. <laughs> Take it. It's good. Well, which way should I go? This way. Students, you guys ask yourself that question all the time. Well, I don't know what I want to do. Just go this way. <laughs> Jesus' way. Okay. Just go that way, and God will, God will have you and guide you. So, speaking of human anger and the righteousness that God desires for you, in Luke 18, there's this parable of a Pharisee and tax collector. So, the parable of the Pharisee and tax collector, this Pharisee, he had it all together in his own eyes. He was righteous in his own eyes, and he says, I'm so glad that I'm not like this guy over here. I tithe, I go to church, I do this, I do that. I am all well put together. But then there was this tax collector who they were going towards the temple. That's the Pharisee was saying that at the temple. This tax collector came and he just bowed. And he said, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me, a sinner. So when you approach God's word, what are you? Are you a, a Pharisee and saying, I got it all together? Or are you this tax collector, have mercy on me? Lord, I want to do what you are calling me to do. Have mercy on me. Verse 21, humbly accept the word God has planted in you. Humbly accept. Get rid of all other ideas you have for yourself and humbly accept what God has for you. Matthew 5, 5 says that. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In Mark 4, 4 Jesus takes another parable. Jesus shares a lot of parables. He takes another parable to talk about the four soils, where he says, hey, there's, everyone is like these four soils, where the seed is being planted, the word of God is being thrown out, like I'm doing right now, thrown out. And there's these types of soils that people have in their hearts, where some will take the, the soil, and it, and it sounds really cool. Oh, that sounds great. And then they don't do anything with it. It just gets choked out because of the worries of this world. Some other people, there's, there's, this, there's this seed that goes and just falls on rocks, like rocks, and things get, it, it grows for a little bit, and then it gets choked out. There's other soil that just completely uh, solid, <laughs> and the, the seed just bounces on it, nothing, nothing happens. I talked to, um, I've talked to those people before, where you just throw seed out there, and it just, you can feel it, just, you can hear it hitting their hearts, and it just bounces. You're like, okay. Then there's people that have their hearts that are so ready to receive God's word to take it in, to live it out, and to produce a overflowing amount of God's presence in this world. And so I want us to be that. And in that parable, Jesus says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Should listen and understand. 
So how can we become this person that God is calling us to be? How can we live as Christ lives in this world today? By doing what he has taught us, by listening and obeying. By listening and obeying. Now, real quick, a shift in James 1, 19 through 21. The listen, 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 listen. Now, if you're ready to, if you've been listening, so now you're ready to actually do these things. So verse 22, the key verse in all of this, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Now, when the Bible tells you to understand this, understand it. When the Bible says to do what it says, do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. You can fool a lot of, you know, you you can't really fool people, right? People are going to see right through that. You're maybe acting like this Pharisee. I've got it all together. Everyone's like, no, you don't, right? Oh, yeah, look at all these great things I post on Facebook. I know your real life, though. (laughs) Oh, man. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me. Jesus shares another parable in Matthew 7, the parable of the wise and foolish builders. He says there's these builders who are going to take what they hear, and they're either going to build their life on sand, and when the waves and winds and the storms come, they're going to crash down. But there's a wise builder who builds, takes what he hears, actually listens to it and obeys it, and builds their life on a solid foundation. When the storms come, that person will be secure. In both situations, wise and foolish builders, a storm is coming. Storms happen in life. They do, right? But which one do you want to be? You want to be the one that tries to do it all yourself and do it on your own over here? Or do you want to be the one that's built your life on the foundation that God has for you? And when the storms come, you can stand firm because God has you, because you are in his way. You have submitted yourself to his way. So in verse uh, 24, 25, you see yourself. It's like if you just listen and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror, forgetting what you see. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I love this description of, of this is a description of God's word here, the, the perfect Law. Now, really, he's reflecting back on the, the Torah in the first five books, but now we have the entire scripture that we can see. The perfect law that sets you free. The perfect law that sets you free. Look what Joshua 1.8 says. I love this verse, Joshua 1.8. Being obedient to God's word. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Man, just why isn't things working out for me? I just feel like they're not working out for me. Have you submitted yourself to the word of God? Well, I mean, I'm trying. Have you really submitted yourself to the word of God? Now, I'm not saying if you have really submitted yourself, then everything will be great and everything will be grand. There's going to be storms. I've I've said that. There's going to be storms. But you will be able to withstand them because God has you, because you are faithfully listening and obedient to his word. But why don't people read the Bible? Why don't people really get into it? Well, uh, one reason I said is because maybe you you know it's true and you don't really want to obey it, so you're just going to pretend like it's not there. 
Another reason people don't really get into the Bible is because they say it's too confusing. Well, James is not very confusing, so go there. Another reason is because it's just difficult to obey, so you don't want to put yourself in a, in a tough situation. Like if I know I read it, God's going to want me to obey it, but I don't want to put myself there. Or there's just too much to read. Maybe that's a reason why you just don't really get into this. But here it is, the perfect law that sets you free, the Word of God. I'm glad there's a lot to read. I'm glad there's so much in there that we can, we can see and we can know and God gives us understanding of it. And then lastly, this verse in 26 and 27, just a real practical thing that James calls these believers to do. Hey, believers, listen, you've, you've understood this, all right? Do this. Now, here's some, here's some ways you can do it. All right, what? If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are only fooling yourself. James will get at this again. A lot of what James does in this first chapter is he sets, a, sets it up for the rest of the book. He's going to talk about these subjects again, okay? So if you don't want to hear some of this again, don't come, all right? And so here he's saying, hey, listen, control your tongue. He's going to get to that in the next chapter, in the, in the next chapter. Control your tongue. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, And then also, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means this, caring for orphans and widows. Control your tongue. Do that. Okay. Care for orphans and widows. And care for people that are in difficult situations that can't help themselves, that you see and know that God's giving you uh, the ability to do that. Do that. And refuse to let the world corrupt you. Don't do things that the world's doing. Refuse them. It's an action verb, not, well, I'm really trying. I mean, it's really hard because I'm in this world, but I know Jesus told me not to, not to be of this world, but I'm in this world, and it's really hard. Refuse it, like actively refuse and say no to things that you know are going to corrupt you. No, 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 no. All right. Well, I want to end with this. You come? Uh, Kim's coming up. Bring in the baby. So here's, here's where we are right here in the year 2022. I heard a bunch of awe. Oh, I know. Now I'm distracted by the baby. Oh. oh. It's, it's just a hard, I know, buddy. It's a hard message. It's just get used to it. Get used to this. You're going to hear the same message over and over again. Do what I'm telling you to do, son. If you do it. Golly, isn't that the message we give as parents? Like, I mean, how much more wisdom do we have? You know what I mean? Like, as parents, we have so much more wisdom than our children because we've been there, right? We've been there. We've lived it out. We're like, hey, just do this because if you do this, this will happen. But I want to do this. No, do it this way. I see myself so much in my children when it comes to my relationship with God. God's like, do this. I want to do it, God. Do it. I've got so much more wisdom than you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I want to be a person at the end of my life that people say he was faithful till the end. He was a faithful person that took God's word, internalized it, understood it, and lived it out. 
And God is calling each of you to do the same thing in your own context, in your own way. We're all in this year together. We're all in this time here at this time, but you guys are all in different places where you go here. And God wants to get a hold of you. He wants to take you. He wants to internalize the scriptures in you. And he wants you to live out an incarnational ministry to people around you, where you've taken what God's given you, you're obedient to it, you're faithful to it, and you're living it out where people come to know the loving God that we serve. Because a lot of people are trying to do it their own way. And I know it's difficult to talk to people like that, where it's like, man, if you just see the love of God, and it's like you, you feel like you're saying the same thing over and over and over again to the same people, but they're not listening. I encourage you to continue saying the same thing over and over and over to the people and pray and intercede for them. There's people in my life that I just wish would just turn to God. It's like you just wish you could take control of them and just do it. I'm going to do this for you. Turn your head to God. But you just can't because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And so sometimes in ministry, when you're ministering to people, you get a little angry, don't you? You're like, God's like, no, just continually submit to me. Pray for them. Humble yourself. Seek the Lord for them. Know that I love them. So there's people in your life that you need to pray for today. There's people in your life that you need to talk to today. Maybe... uh, you need prayer this morning. Maybe there's some things here that you've been convicted by and you really want to do the things that God's calling you to do. You want to be this perfect that perf- perfect person, a complete person, a mature person in Christ. God's saying you can be that. You can be that. You can listen more than you talk. You can patiently endure trials. You can talk with wisdom. You can. You can be obedient to God's word at all times. You can actually control your tongue. You can actually care for those in need. You can actually stay pure while you're in this world. You can actually do that. You can actually do that. But it takes you to be obedient to that. And so my last question here, and and, uh, we can ask this question over and over again as we go through this book of James, is this. What can I do with what I just heard? What can I do what I just heard? That's a great question. As we go through the book of James, our youth are going through the book of James uh, on Wednesday nights as we go through that. So youth, ask yourself this, what can I do with what I just heard? Because this is a very practical book. And if we actually do it and we actually live it out, the kingdom of heaven will come and here on earth as it is in heaven. Because God sees each one of you as kingdom living people. If you listen and obey, what a glorious place this earth would be if we did what God's calling us to do. So I want to pray. And if you want to pray, just go ahead and stand up and let's pray together. Let's ask the Lord to give us wisdom, give us patience, give us endurance for this race marked out for us. Lord, we thank you, God, for your great grace, your love that you have for us. We thank you, God, that you care for us, that you first saw us in need and you reached down and took a hold of us. And here in this room, everyone in here is so eager for more of you, God. So let it happen, God. We just want more. We're eagerly listening and desiring for what you have for us. 
For some of us, you're, you're really showing right now, there's some of you that God's like, hey, do this, <laughs> and you hear it. It's like you can see it right now. Do this. Write that down. Okay. I'm going to do this. And so let's just wait on the Lord and just ask, God, what, what is it that you want us to do right now? Who is it you want us to talk to? Show us somebody. Give us compassion once again for those that don't know you. But a lot of these days are going to end like this one. They're kind of a kick in the butt, you know. That's good. I think we need that more than we think. So I'm going to pray. We're going to go. And uh, 
do what Kevin said. Ask that question, you know, what can you do with what you just heard? Because you don't want to be like, like it said in this today about uh, going away and forgetting what you look like. So, Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to what we can do with what you just heard. Areas in our lives where we need to keep rain on our mouths and our tongues and areas where we need to apologize for things we've said and things we've done. I pray that we would be lights into darkness, salt to this world, Lord, and help us not to lose our light or saltiness, but to live in your way. In Jesus' name, we pray that this word that was spoken will go deep into our hearts and change our lives, Lord. And as we do go through this book of James, and you do give us a kick in the butt, Lord, I pray that we would uh, respond appropriately and do the right thing with what we just heard, because it's your word, it's not ours. In Jesus' name, Lord, I just pray that as we go from this place, that you would go with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're new here, give us a few minutes and we'll meet across the hall. All right, after the parents have gotten all the kids. So if you have kids, go get them now. Maranatha Kids. <laughs>